Hello, and welcome to episode four of the Rocket IT Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Hyatt, and today I'm excited to introduce my good friend and the newest CEO of the Gwinnett Chamber of Commerce, Nick Messino. Before we dive in, let me remind our listeners that any resources mentioned in today's episode will be posted to our website at rocketit.com newsroom. You can listen to the podcast on your favorite app, including Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and many others. Additionally, should you have any questions about the content of today's discussion, please feel free to contact us at podcasts at rocketit.com or send us a message via any of our social media channels. So Nick, welcome. We're going to have some fun today. Thank you for being here. My pleasure, Matt. I'm excited. Awesome. Nick, you and I are friends. We've known each other for a while now, but the first time we met, you were one of Georgia's youngest mayors. I tease you sometimes because I remember that moment and you don't, but, uh, but it was a great experience for me getting to meet the mayor, Nick Messino. So I want to start there. Tell us about that. How in the world did that happen? How did you get into politics, the big city of Swanee, Georgia? Well, thank you, Matt. It's well, first of all, it's not a big city. Um, <laughs> when I was elected to office, it was 8,600 citizens. I think they're uh, approaching or not, if not already over 20,000. Nice. And so it's a small town. Yeah. Comparable to other you know, towns, it's pretty small. You're talking to a guy that was born in Yellville, Arkansas. <laughs> it's huge. <laughs> it's a metropolis. <laughs> yes. Well, the short answer is I, I, I want to make a correction. I was never in politics. I was a community servant, community leader. And, and that's really what I was, what I got into. Suzanne, my wife of 25 years and I moved to Swanee and we had been married for two years and I had lived in our subdivision for about nine months. And there was a flyer in the mailbox and said there was a rezoning across the street from our neighborhood for a paint and body shop and that we should rally at the pool the next day. <laughs> <laughs> so we we showed up at the pool. I was very upset about something I didn't know anything about, but that's kind of what everyone else seemed like they were. And so I found out about the rezoning. We were asked to write letters and to deliver them on Monday and show up at the city council meeting on Tuesday. I did all that was requested of me. I think I was 26 at the time. And I got up and stood in line to speak to the council. And I told them, I'm Nick Pacino and I vote, and of which I had never voted in a Swanee election. <laughs> but I, I, I vote, just not here. <laughs> I have voted. That's really what I should have said. And I actually didn't realize how city limits worked. I, I wasn't even sure I was in the city of Swanee, <laughs> but I, in fact, was. Huh. And that zoning ended up being a tie, which is a denial. And one of the council members came down to speak to me and some of my neighbors and said, your discussion tonight and comments led me to vote against this, which I was going to vote for. Hmm. And I was just blown away that you could show up and get engaged and have an effect on the outcome of your community. And he challenged us and he said, don't be a stranger. Hope this is not the last council meeting you came to. And I took him up on the challenge and I showed up to the next six council meetings in a row. Wow. For no other reason, I just wanted to see what was going on in my community. And so at that sixth council meeting, a staff member approached me and said, there's an opening on the Planning and Zoning Board of Appeals. You don't seem to have some major issue or gripe with the city. We're just looking for citizens to get involved. And so I applied and I was interviewed along with other candidates and they chose me. Hmm. And it was a really great experience. And I did that for six months. And uh, six months after starting, the chairman of that board stepped down 
to run for city council. And then the rest of the board elected me chair oh, of wow. the Planning and Zoning Board of Appeals. Oh, see, I'm learning something. <laughs> I'm so glad. <laughs> but the thing that was fun is I then chaired this board for two years and really enjoyed it and made a difference in my community. And it was really a volunteer. I think I got paid $50 a meeting, but you don't clearly do it for the money. Right. And, and I really enjoyed giving back to my community. Our My parents had raised us to volunteer. We were scouts in, in the communities that we lived in. And it just all seemed very natural to me. So the mayor approached me now two and a half years later from that rezoning and said, I'm likely not going to run for mayor. I think you should find out which one of the council members want to run for council. And maybe you'd be a good council member. You could run in their seat, the, the open seat. So I went to four or five of them and I said, hey, the mayor, you know, on the down low says he's not running. Or what do you think? And they all, I guess, conspired and they got back to me and said, we think you should run for mayor. Really? Wow. Yes, yes. Uh, <laughs> well, including, that's a compliment, right? Oh, it was very nice. It was very yeah. flattering. At that time, I was 28 years old. Jimmy Burnett, who's now the current mayor, supported me along with the other council members. And I put my name out there. I went and uh, qualified for the election. And the mayor never told anyone he wasn't running. So the Gwinnett Daily Post headlines the day after I qualified, and his name was Chris Yoder, the former mayor, Messino challenges Yoder in <laughs> Swanee mayor election. And no one qualified by that Friday, and I was the mayor of Swanee. How about that? Yes. And so I was 28 years old when I was elected. I was I turned 29 in the three or four months between taking office and being elected. And I then went on to serve eight years as the mayor of the city of Swanee. What a terrific experience. Now, Tell me, do I have that right? Youngest mayor in Georgia. I am currently still the youngest mayor that Swanee has ever had. I was at the time for two years, the youngest mayor in Georgia. That's incredible. Thanks. I w there have been a lot of much younger mayors. There are towns like maybe the town you grew up in, mm -hmm. uh, where you basically drew straws. Uh, <laughs> anyone who was 18 years old or older could be mayor. Right. And so there's been lots of 18 year old mayors in the state of Georgia. Gotcha. So I am curious. What happened during your tenure? Eight years, you accomplished some pretty big things, in my opinion. And, you know, I wasn't living in Swanee at the time. I lived in a nearby community, but I was active in the Swanee community and other parts of our county. And I remember there was a lot going on at that time. What were some of the big accomplishments? Well, before I answer that, I have to say I served with some incredible council members, men and women that really cared about the community. Our staff at the time, and actually still today, and Swanee is first class. Uh, it was interesting with the young people. I was one of the young people. I was a Gen Xer, but I served with uh, lots of boomers, people in their 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s. Everyone got along. Everyone, everyone wanted what was best for the community, and there was no personal agendas. And it really just was an incredible recipe. And also, my council members, I had... I was in my late 20s, early 30s. I had two other council members that were in their mid to early 30s, a couple of 40-year-olds and a couple of 50-year-olds. And we all really got along well, but there was lots of different perspectives and everyone's opinion mattered, counted, and was engaged. And it was a real, we were really unified. And we did some interesting things, uh, one of which is we obviously borrowed $18 million. We purchased over 300 acres of green space. We also put together the plan, which is today Swanee Town Center. We purchased 
the land, which was the town center and the property that's developed right alongside of it. So we built the park, which we call the beachfront or the beach. And then we sold off the beachfront property. We made about two and a half million dollars in profit. We put that into the city hall hmm. uh, and constructed the city hall, which is very unique. Yes. We completed the trail system. Well, at least north to south, a lot more trails have been added since I've left. And, and we just did some things that were unique and different. The development of town center, we did not act like your typical government body. We acted like developers and we were able to invest in different unique ways and it, it paid off. I think it's been a successful project. Uh, what I'm really excited about is it inspired, my understanding is over a hundred counties and municipalities throughout the United States. And, and I know they've had international visitors have literally just shown up to experience it. I know while I was mayor, I had other people comment on it and say that they were coming by from around the country. And so that's all very flattering. Yeah. But we, we create, Swanee didn't have a front porch. Right. Uh, it was really made up of subdivisions and really awesome county roads and highways and, you know, US 23, which is Buford Highway. I-85 was, you know, going through it as well. And we created something special in a place that I don't think had that much of a special uniqueness to it. Oh, I agree. I think I agree that it's a, a really special place. It's a neat part of our community, part of our county. And I'm impressed with your contribution to it. Thank you. Thank you so uh, much. So I want to move on from there because it wasn't long after that, uh, maybe even uh, some overlap, that you uh, had an opportunity with a new initiative that was a partnership between our Chamber of Commerce, Gwinnett Chamber of Commerce, and the county called Partnership Gwinnett. Tell me how that got started. Sure. In 2003, I represented all 16 municipalities in Gwinnett County on the Gwinnett Chamber Board. And I met a gentleman who was also a board member. His name is Jim Moran. Jim went on to become the chamber president. And in 2007, they had completed a one-year-long investigation and study and process, which came became to be the blueprint for Partnership Gwinnett. And Jim had an experience with me. Both they were, at the time he was a chamber board member, he worked for Motorola. They were actually going to be putting their largest campus outside their headquarters in Schomburg, Illinois, mm -hmm. a suburb of Chicago, in Swanee. And I worked on, I worked with him on that project. I think he saw that I was not a typical elected official, that I, I was, my whole experience in my career had been in business and business development. And he appreciated my, I was, I'm very straightforward. There's usually not a lot of gray uh, when you're having a conversation with me, it might be a fault. Uh, but Jim and I really connected. And so Jim asked me to come work at the chamber. And I said, Jim, I don't have any nonprofit experience. I, you know me as the, the mayor, but I really work full time, much like the $50 a month I got paid on the Planning and Zoning Board of Appeals. I got paid $500 a month for being Mayor Swanee. Nice. Most people don't realize that most elected officials are really, that's not their full-time job. Right. Many of them are retired and it may appear it's their full-time job, but they're really retired. Mm -hmm. uh, so I had a full-time career the whole time I was mayor. And so Jim got to know me and made me this opportunity, this offer, and really sat down and said, Nick, you can own this. You're an entrepreneur. I can feel it. And, and I want you to put this program together and build it. And I accepted his offer in 2007 and built the team, raised the money. Again, you mentioned it was a public-private partnership. Mm -hmm. It was the, it was Gwinnett County is, is still then and today still the largest investor at over a half a million dollars a year. The municipalities are engaged, the CIDs, Explore Gwinnett, Gwinnett County Public Schools, and a host of almost 100 private sector businesses invest in partnership Gwinnett. And it, and it was a strategy created 
by the chamber and all the partners, including the county. And so their charge is to do economic development for the county. And I know that regionally, they're an important player also. you talk a little bit more about how Partnership Gwinnett goes about their mission? Sure, absolutely. So I like to say Partnership Gwinnett recruits, retains, and expands businesses in five target industries. Wow, uh, that's sort of ring to it, huh? <laughs> I feel like I've said it before. <laughs> Those target industries are technology, life science, advanced manufacturing, supply chain, and corporate regional headquarters. Right. And we have a team of trained professionals that get up every day to implement the mission that I just said. And they do that by connecting with the existing industry and going out to recruit companies, both domestically and internationally. Hmm. Now, you've done that uh, how long? About 10 years? You said uh, 2007. So I guess it's closer to 12, huh? I was in that role up until 49 days ago for 12 and a half years. That is awesome. Well, congratulations. Thank I know you. that's a well-respected organization in Georgia and beyond. I've certainly benefited from their hard work uh, as a member of this community. So good job. So what's next? What are you doing now? Well, the executive board and the board of directors of the Gwinnett Chamber of Commerce gave me an opportunity to become the president and CEO. That sounds like an amazing executive board and <laughs> Thank board you. of directors. Some of them are very wise. <laughs> uh, for those that don't know, I serve on that board and had a, an opportunity to participate in that. But Nick, that's that's awesome. We're excited. You know, Speaking on behalf of the community, a lot of folks that I've talked with are just really excited about uh, you coming in and taking the, uh, the next charge of the chamber. And you have been at it for a little while now. So tell me what's top of mind for you? What are the biggest things that are on your, your mind every day? Well, starting in the first 30 days, the thing I was the most concerned and interested in was what the staff thought, what their big ideas were, what they thought was going well, where were their opportunities to improve. So and really, in about a 22-day period, uh, I met with all 32 employees, somewhere between an hour and two and a half hours, wow. and really enjoyed every conversation. And it really helped me focus what I thought we needed to work on, it clarified some things I suspected were opportunities and really highlighted what they thought we were doing really well. And, and most of it I was in total agreement with. I'm now moved on to phase two, which is meeting individually with our board members. I'm going to count this, by the way, as our meeting. Okay, yeah. yeah. We'll just check this off the yeah, list. Check. <laughs> but I think there's a lot of opportunity. We are, in fact, if not the largest, one of the top three largest suburban chambers in the United States. That's um, amazing. It, I mean, that's it, an amazing statistic. It, it really is. And, and we also, if you've, if you've not been to 6500 Sugarloaf Parkway, that is the largest, physically largest chamber building in the United States. How about that? Now, so just for your information, as you know, this is a newer podcast. We don't yet know all the details about where our listeners are located, but we imagine that many of the folks listening today are in our backyard. They're right here as part of this community. And so many people might know exactly where we are and they're familiar with these street names, but some might not. And so we are a suburb of Atlanta in our county. I don't even know how many people. Is it a million yet? Let me let me let me step back. Okay. First of all, the Gwinnett Chamber is on planet Earth. Oh, thank okay. you. All right. All right. Good. And in between all the blue are uh, is land. Uh-huh. We're in North America. Uh-huh. And then we drill down into the United States. What a global topic this is. We're in Georgia, which is one of our 50 <laughs> or lower 48 states. And we are just north of Metro Atlanta. So from a satellite or from another planet, you would just see a bunch of light. Right. We're north of the light of city of Atlanta. <laughs> Very nice. <laughs> For our intergalactic listeners, we might have to cover where Earth is, but we can do that later. But clearly we'll the Milky see. Way. We'll see how it goes. Third planet from the sun, fourth planet from the sun. I think something there was, like that. Yeah, rock, something like that. Rock. Yep. Yeah, rock. So we are in the northeast Atlanta suburb. Mm-hmm. 
And so we are outside of the urban core. It's not rural, it's suburban. There's parts that feel very urban. And we are approaching in the next two to three years, one million people. One million, yeah. and, and from every list and every organization that does these types of projections, by 2040, we will far and away be the largest county in Georgia. So we'll surpass the one that's above us now, which is Fulton County. And uh, they are they're fat. They are either just hit a million or they're about to hit a million. Wow. And th they actually say that we'll be somewhere between 1.3 and 1.5 million by 2040. Hmm. We're going to have to build some more houses, I guess. <laughs> yes. I, I fully suspect that we'll densify, we'll urbanize around some of the urban core, definitely along the I-85 corridor. There's still a lot of development that will still take place. When you look at Grayson and Decula mm -hmm. and, and North 85, there's just a lot of opportunities still. Absolutely. But we are densifying, redeveloping in some of the core areas that developed originally in the 70s and 80s. So back to the chamber and your new role, what are some of the big initiatives that are heavy on your mind? You said you met with your team, which is great. And by the way, kudos to you. I don't know that every leader, I bet you, not every leader does that in a new role. You know, take the time to talk with each member of your team and get their perspective. To do that, I think, tells us a little bit of the story of who you are as a leader. And I think that's pretty great. Well, well, thank you, Matt. To be very honest, I don't know that I've ever had an original idea, but what I like to do is continue to sharpen the saw. And I, I read a lot. We might talk about that later. I love to listen to podcasts. This is actually, by the way, one of my favorite new podcasts. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I absolutely. It. Yeah, my, my pleasure. <laughs> and, and so it wasn't my idea. I just read it or heard it in a podcast. And I thought, well, that's a pretty smart thing to do. All right. And I think that both the staff appreciated it and I really appreciated, you know, hearing their insight. And so some of the things I've heard from both board members and them and just my own experiences are we have to tweak some things. And we have a chairman's club membership, which is a high level membership opportunity. And I, I think there's opportunities to improve there. And I think you and I have had some discussions. People like to experience things. And I just think we need to create some more interesting experiences for people and more engagement opportunities. There's a lot of things the chamber does well. It was clear uh, among everyone I've spoken to that our programs uh, that we, we put on and the events we put on are first class. Agreed. Yeah, I agree as, as someone who participates in them and have for well over a decade. They're just entertaining, interesting, and unique. And I'd like to make sure that everything that we do, someone would say, I enjoyed it. I learned something. I look forward to the next one. And and so we're just, I'm just doing some searching through the departments on what we can tweak. There'll be some major initiatives possibly rolled out next year, but I still have a lot more listening to do. We have 96 board members at the Gwinnett Chamber. That's a lot of board members. It's a, it's a lot of breakfast, lunches, and dinners, <laughs> and I'm happy to have each one of them right. and, and, and garner their insight. All the while, we're still having to do what we do every day. Right. So I, I'm just uh, I'm, I'm busy doing that. I'm not ready to roll out the secret strategy. Sure. But I can tell you, if you've been engaged with the Chamber, it's not going to be anything dramatically different because we're doing a lot of things very first class. I would agree with that. Based on my experience at the Gwinnett Chamber, you're exactly right. There are a lot of things that are done very well. I would say, you know, I, I've we've talked about this before. I belong to the Chamber of Commerce. I'm on the board there. But I've also belonged to a lot of other membership type of organizations. Churches uh, belong to peer groups, various business uh, organizations and so forth. And I think the challenge with all group organizations like that is if you've got a population or a community, how do you engage the largest percentage of that? population or community possible. And 
you know, taking the chamber as an example, one of the challenges we run into is some people don't consider themselves chamber people. Mm-hmm. And so how do you how do you draw them in so that they can be part of their own community? And then I think another big challenge for a lot of organizations, chambers included, is okay, well, I've I've drawn some folks in. Now how do we keep them? How do we keep them engaged? I think the chamber, our chamber, Gwinnett Chamber, does a great job uh, at that. Uh, but it's interesting to hear how you're going about it, talking with the stakeholders and actually asking them, hey, what do you think? A great way to learn about what to do next. Good job. Thank you so much. I'm, I'm really enjoying it. So one of the things that, you know, you and I are buddies. And so I try uh, to uh, balance my compliments with uh, really good knockdowns every once in a while because it's funny. That's, that's, you know, for my own entertainment, uh, we try and do that, but. And hopefully you're entertaining the listeners. Oh, well, you know, I'll try and keep it mostly complimentary here on the podcast, of course. Uh, and I am going to pay you a compliment that's uh, absolutely true. And that is that you have a reputation among people that you've worked with as being a very good leader. People that I've talked with, and this goes back years now, that have worked with you and for you. Many of them come back and say, you know, it was a really great experience. Nick is a great boss. And I want to dig in. How, how are you doing that? Because as you pointed out in your discussion about your term as mayor, you're working with a lot of different age groups. And I know from my own, my own experience that boomers, Gen X, millennials and younger, they all have their own quirks, uh, their own preferences and so forth. What are you doing to blend all that together? How do, how do you do that well? And I know we've only got a limited amount of time here, but I'd love to hear some key points on what makes you different than the average leader. Well, let me try the best I can to try to answer and, and give you some something you're looking for. First of all, I don't buy into millennials are all just like this. Gen Xers are all like that. And boomers are... And, and, the, the reality sure. is I, I am convinced that there's a lot more that we have in common between all these generations. And what I have found is that with every generation that I've worked with is there are high achievers. They're your folks that are going to come to work and they're committed every day. And then you've got your low achievers. I call them, uh, if anyone's familiar with top grading, A, B, and C players. Mm-hmm. And every J- generation has them and they seem to have about the same percentage. <laughs> uh, and what you want to do is surround yourself with A players or B players and getting B players to become an A player and redeploying C players, either out of your department or to another organization. Redeploying. I like that. It sounds <laughs> nice. Setting them free. <laughs> yeah. If you're a C player in an organization, you probably know it and probably looking for another opportunity or right. a little help to, you know, go right. find another opportunity. Well, something you just said is pretty smart. And honestly, I haven't heard a lot of people say it. So I want to kind of repeat it. You said that A players, B players, C players that every generation has each of those. And then you also said, and it seems like about the same proportion. That's that's not something you hear every day. In fact, I would say that if you're listening to the news, which I recommend that you do not, but, <laughs> but if you do, or if you're listening to just general talk among leaders, what you frequently hear is, oh, those millennials. And what you're saying is that your experiences, they're not a lot different in terms of proportionately ABC, compared to other generations. That's pretty interesting. I, I see no evidence of that at all. I see a lot of evidence of people wanting to put people in boxes mm-hmm. and say, I understand how this generation works. Mm-hmm. Well, good luck with that, uh, <laughs> because I think that's a recipe for failure. Mm-hmm. And I can tell you, you know who's the most offended by that? 
a bunch of millennials. Oh yeah. I mean, they're they're annoyed by it. And I can't speak for a whole generation because I don't think you should lump people together anyway like that. I mean, the reality is we were all born in a certain time era and we had experiences other people didn't have at the same age. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's it's interesting. And but they've really kind of overdone it in the media and mm-hmm. books and podcasts and right. you know, everyone thinks they have the solution. But the reality is the hardworking millennials that I've worked with are offended uh by these generalizations about their sure. uh, generation and when someone who is a millennial actually tries to prove, oh, look, I am just like the way I'm being presented in the media, they're offended by them. And I've seen them coach the other right. millennials saying, don't feed into this, stop being right. like this. But the reality is I've seen much less of what people have said about millennials. Again, I just I see A, B, and C players, and I see a lot more A's and B's. Uh, if you've done a good job hiring, you should see a lot more A's and B's than you do C's. And that goes with any generation. Agreed. Nice job. So let's talk a little bit about how how you can identify those folks. So we were talking earlier today, I was talking with uh, one of your team members, happened to be one of your younger team members, and she was telling me there's some new opportunity for her in your organization, which is amazing. I happen to know this young lady. I think that she's terrific. I think she's gonna do a good job. How do you how do you pick? Because you have you do have 30 some odd what I would say are personable, enjoyable, smart, professional people working at your organization. When you have a lot of good choices like that, how are you determining which are your best choice to move up in the organization or give a role of influence? Well, I have found in my own career and watching other people's careers that people that don't have to be directed and seem to choose the right decision when given opportunities to be independent thinkers and have a pattern. And so both employees that fail to do that, you look for patterns. And I, there's one of two ladies that you're referring to, and I would say this about both of them. In general, when I see them make decisions, they are making the right decisions. They also are asking for feedback. They are wanting to fine tune. They are sharpening their own saws Mm -hmm. and they're really hardworking and the work that they produce is excellent. And so they've been interviewing for this, these two promotions for a long time. Right. And uh, and I'm always watching. Now, neither one of them reported to me previously, but I'm always watching A players. And for businesses out there, that's because I think leaders should always be looking for the next A player. And that that person's not always in your own organization. Mm-hmm. So I typically have an unofficial list of here are some roles. These are the top two or three people in each role that may not be in my community. That's smart. And they're, they're typically not looking for a job. They're right. currently working somewhere else. Right. Those seem to be the top people. Mm. And I, I know that other leaders have done that with me, where you're having a conversation, or maybe you're driving to a meeting, or you just had a lunch or a dinner, and you walk away and you think, I think I was just getting interviewed. <laughs> <laughs> um, I know I've experienced that a couple of times, and, and I right. started thinking, oh, did I answer those questions appropriately? <laughs> uh, but there was an official position. They're right. just... I think good leaders are playing. I actually don't know how to play chess. Uh, so maybe it's <laughs> good leaders are playing checkers. <laughs> uh, but you're always thinking two or three steps ahead. And no company will be successful without great people that are motivated and have the tools that they need. And so I'm always looking for those great people. I mean, talent is the it, it's very popular now to say that because we're a little bit in the talent war globally. I think it's always been the name of the game. I think Rocket IT knows that as as well as anyone. Well, I know Rocket IT is always hiring. Not that they have openings. They're always looking for great people. That's true. One of the things that you said that I think is so important that a lot of professionals miss 
as you said, you watch for people that are asking for feedback. And I think that's so critical because there are, there are a lot of us that are just quite willing to just kind of take off and do our own thing and never pause and, and ask for that feedback. Maybe we don't want it. I'm not sure. But, but you're right. The folks that I can think of that have come to me and asked for feedback on how things are going or what I think about the decision they made often stand out to me as people that really have that A player mentality. That's great. Thank you. So speaking of young people, tell me about your kids. you got three amazing kids, and I have some experience this area. I have two amazing kids, but it's not an easy job being a parent. Tell me what's your secret sauce there in raising great kids because you've, you've got uh, three three for three is your score is based on what I've seen. Thank you. And it's super cool. You're, you're two for two. Uh, <laughs> and so uh, your kids are amazing as well. This self-gratification uh, podcast yes, brought like to you it. by Rocket IT. This feels really good, Nick. Let's keep going. <laughs> <laughs> We're great parents. Uh, I, I'm going to give, first of all, all the credit to my wife. Uh, she's an amazing mom. But we have always made time for the kids. Most people see me work pretty hard. I, I would like to think they do. Uh, mm -hmm. Monday through Friday, eight to, or well, really seven to whenever time I go home. Right. But no one really sees me after six o'clock on Friday because I'm with my family. Mm -hmm. And a lot of, you know, you get invited to a lot of things when you're in the roles that you and I are in, but I really cherish the time with my family. So my children are now 19, 17, and 15, and we've spent a lot of time together. We travel together. As you and I both know, I've I've hiked the Appalachian Trail, Georgia section mm -hmm. with my son and friends. And those are just just incredible connection times. Absolutely. And I was my daughter's soccer coach and my son's wrestling coach and, you know, just making time. It's just really important. And we've always just been, I mean, we're parents. It's not friends first. I'm, right. It's not, you know, that that type of parenting by any means. Uh, we've always been the, the, the parents, but we really have spent a lot of time connecting. And I, I think it, it's been important. Well, it's clear that you've consciously made the decision to make that a priority in your life because you are a busy professional. You you are in demand. You have a, many opportunities to speak at events, to attend events. I think I've seen you at several events just in the past week. And so making the time for your kids, I think is really important. But kudos to you. And yes, I know Suzanne too. And yes, she's certainly an important part of the equation. You've done a good job there. You, just, you mentioned travel. So you are one of the better traveled people that I know. You've been all over the world for business and for pleasure. Just really quick, any favorite places from a business perspective that you enjoy going and meeting people and learning about what they're doing in their countries? Well, you know, I think I could probably come up with some, but I'll, I'll just say this. I really like exploring new places. It, it is really interesting to me. Most of my travels have been to the the first world countries, sure. you know, the, the richest company, countries in Asia, the richest countries in Europe. And there's a lot of it's been for, you know, business recruitment. Mm -hmm. And that's where the companies are and the companies that have shown an interest in expanding into North America. And so I just, I, I like to try new places. A place that I've been to recently that I had not been to is Zurich, just really cool. I, uh, very expensive place. Yeah. Arguably one of the most beautiful places I've ever seen is Switzerland. It's pretty mm -hmm. amazing. Uh, I've been to Italy a couple times in the last few years. More, I had been to Italy plenty of other times, but just three times in the last two and a half years, I've really enjoyed wow. that. Huh. Headed back to Asia, China, Korea, and Japan in the fall. And that's business. 
And uh, really looking forward to that. Uh, I, I love Asian food. Actually, I love all food. I love Italian <laughs> food. <laughs> uh, and so th there's not a standout, an interesting trip I just had. My son and I, for his spring break, went to London. And it was just a three days of nonstop touring. And it was really great on the way in, in the tube, uh, uh, on the way back to the airport, which is the subway. Right. Uh, he said, Dad, I didn't, I didn't know what to expect about London. But this was the best trip I've ever been on. Really? Wow. Yeah. And, oh, that's awesome. I mean, his bar may be low. Right. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure that meant because he spent it with me. Well, of course. Yes. <laughs> right. But but I, that was a really nice compliment. And uh, really, I appreciate spending the time with him. Uh, London's a great, uh, great town. Absolutely. And I've been to some of these other places you've been to, and they, they're all terrific. Let me wrap up with a couple of things. I would love to uh, kind of look forward a little bit. You've had a great career. You've done, uh, we talked about the mayor. We talked about the partnership with Gwinnett. We didn't talk, but you had a whole career before all that stuff too and recruiting and that's great. But I know you're just getting into this role as CEO, but uh, you and I are about the same age. And so I think we both know there's a, there's a finite amount of time we have to accomplish all of our professional objectives. I'm curious, what's looking ahead? What are some big things you'd like to sort of accomplish in the rest of your, your career? Well, I I've just begun, as you said, so uh, I look forward to continuing to make the Gwinnett Chamber great, mm -hmm. where success lives here in Gwinnett County. There you go. And uh, I'm excited uh, about that opportunity. An interesting thing that I did in the third week of my new position is I attended the Association of Chamber of Commerce Executives annual conference. And I hated that. It I sounds like a blast. <laughs> <laughs> Chamber of Commerce Executives are super fun. But I was I didn't really like leaving the third week of this new role to go to a three-day conference, but I did. And I was really blown away yeah. by all the really awesome uh, other chamber CEOs that I, I happened to meet. We, we had a lot of roundtable discussions, connected with people, and there's a real network there. And I think from there, the best practice learning opportunities that I didn't know previously existed because I was in a totally different role leading economic development. And so I'm, I'm just excited excited about all the things that I learned that weren't even on my radar mm. uh, that will definitely be part of the future of the Gwinnett Chamber. From And a lot of this is operational internally, sure. um, and, and but, but I'm excited about it and the opportunities that I literally uh, had been in the chamber for 12 and a half years and weren't aware of some of these uh, leading things that other chambers were doing. And so one of those are, I would like for, in the next five years for us to be a best places to work. Uh, mm -hmm. It may be a local one, the Business Chronicle or the AJC. But the other, th I, I want to put this stake in the ground that my goal is that we are going to be one of the top three chambers in the United States uh, in the next five to 10 years. And I'm going to stake my reputation on it. And there you go. Uh, we've got some work to do. I, I think we're, we're close, but it's, it's that last 20% is the hardest it is uh, work. Tough, right. But uh, I believe that we can do it. Uh, we need to get more focused on public policy as an organization, something that we have kind of backed off of in the last six years and look forward to spending. So I've got some experience you do. Uh, in, in that area. <laughs> uh, and so I look forward. And actually, we, I was really proud that the governor was with us. He was with us today. He, yeah. was, he was with us today. Yes. So I have this little joke with my kids. Any, you know, I'm, I've been in a lot of luncheons with the governor and mm -hmm. I'll say, Hey kids, I'm having have lunch. lunch with the governor today. <laughs> and they're like, really? And I said, yep. Me and 1000 of my closest friends. <laughs> and like, you know, so far away, I don't even see the governor. So last night I'm like, Hey, I'm having lunch with the governor. And they're like, how many of your friends are going to be right. there? And I said, you know, a couple hundred, but I'm actually sitting next to the governor you this are, time. Yeah, that's so, right. So that was fun. Introduce him and yeah. because I was at the luncheon. Yeah. Very cool. It was great. It was yeah. fun. And the kids thought it was cool. 
Yeah, well, I'll touch on something really quick and then we'll move on. I will say that spending time with your peers is just such a great way to learn. I've had the same experience. I spend time in our industry associations with other IT service providers. And not only have I learned a lot from my peers that are running companies similar to Rocket IT, but also made some great friends that way. And so uh, I'm glad you're going to those events and learning something. I can't wait to hear how it all shakes out. I think it's going to be pretty terrific. All right, so let's do a quick lightning round. I know from our past conversations that many times you've used books to work with your team, uh, and you've kind of told me about some of the tips and tricks to uh, get uh, get books into the hands of your team. Are you reading anything these days that is interesting to you? Well, let me just say I'm a huge Patrick Lencioni fan. Oh yeah, and I've read Five Dysfunctions. I'm actually an interesting thing. That's far far my favorite business book. Oh yeah. And I've actually read it three times. Wow. And I, I read it when it first came out. I would say I was kind of a line employee or a you know, low level middle manager. So there was that perspective. Mm-hmm. And then when I was asked to lead the Economic Development Initiative Partnership Winnet, I'm now in a senior management role and I read it then. And again, it's like I read a brand new book, totally right. different perspective. Interesting. And then in the first two weeks of becoming the CEO of the Gwinnett Chamber, I read it again. Wow. And again, I t- now you're leading, right? right. There's, uh, you can't blame anything on anyone. <laughs> you're in charge. And it, it really w- was awesome. And so we're actually using a Patrick Lincioni consultant. And oh, in, in late September, uh, I'll have the whole leadership team. We're going to sneak away for one night, two days, and work on the, the, the team dynamics. Uh, because I think most leaders know the foundation of any great team is trust and vulnerability. And so that's where we're going to go mm-hmm. and we're going to work on those things. And I'm excited about what comes out of it. Wonderful. Yeah, uh, Pat Lencioni has done some terrific books and you're reading a new one, I think. I am. Uh, well, new new to you, right? It's it a is book new that's been me. around for a while. And, and you've read it. Well, I have skimmed it, which which is typically, so The Advantage is a, is a terrific book and I think you recommended it to me. I might have. <laughs> but I, I, too, have had a, a good time reading some of those books and, and learning uh, Pat Lencioni. I actually had the opportunity one time to introduce him. Uh, I was with uh, EO, Entrepreneurs Organization. He was visiting our chapter, and I got tapped to do the introduction. And I had this, uh, you know, spent the evening kind of writing something up and getting prepared. Went to the event the next day, and... They said, and uh, next we'll have Matt Hyatt come up and introduce our speaker. And Pat jumped up and said, I don't need an introduction. <laughs> I never got the chance to do Did that. you ask for a refund? <laughs> <laughs> so one of, the, one of the disappointments in my life, <laughs> I didn't get to introduce him. Well, at LeaderCast this year, which actually happens right around zero, right yeah. here at the Infinite Energy Arena, uh, I actually was in the lobby and got to meet Patrick Lisiani. It was Is that right? <laughs> and he was awesome and super down to earth. That's um, great. And so I, I really enjoyed it. What's interesting about this book it's kind of a culmination of his last three or four books. Mm-hmm. And so it refers back to them. So I'm glad I've read some of them. And it, 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 I'm really enjoying it. I, I, and I, for the record, I'm not actually reading it. I'm listening to it. And so I, <laughs> I think, think it I'm, still counts. <laughs> okay. I, I always feel bad. I feel like I'm lying when I say that I'm reading a book. I'm not. Uh, but I have about three and a half hours left. It's about a five and a half hour um, okay. read. And I'm, I'm really enjoying it. Great. Well, you know, the first of many uh, reads, uh, <laughs> right? Suspect, right? <laughs> yeah, based on uh, past experience, correct. So I, I know you also listen to podcasts. Uh, any favorites? Without a doubt, I have thoroughly enjoyed Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend. Oh, yeah? Literally the funniest <laughs> thing I've ever read. And I'm sorry, listen to. There right. I go again. It just started in November. 
in January, I just happened to Google, you know, funny, humorous podcast. I just wanted a distraction. Right. And th they had only had three episodes. They ended up with, I think they, the season was 34 episodes. I listened to every one of them. They came out Monday morning and I could, I, I don't know that I belly laughed this much. <laughs> and, and what's interesting, I don't stay up late. Uh -huh. I'm an early riser and I'm quick to go to bed. And if I'm, if I'm not asleep by 10, 10 30, like I'm getting nervous. Right. And so I really like to go to sleep. I don't know that I'd ever watched Conan oh, no. O'Brien on TV, like <laughs> right. literally not once. Yeah. And he always just kind of seemed that tall, strange character. And sure. he seemed to be bouncing around a lot. I just was generally annoyed with someone. <laughs> I was annoyed with him, but I didn't, I'd never listened to him. It is so good. I've really enjoyed it. All right, good. We'll have to check that one out. You know, like you, I don't stay up too late. I don't think I've ever seen the show either, but I've seen a lot of like YouTube clips of various guests he's had on and so forth. So we'll have to check out that podcast. You actually go to bed earlier than I do. I do. I'm often, I think last night was around nine o'clock and it was and you like, were staying up late and I was thinking, oh my gosh, I not one more minute. I got to go to sleep, but I woke up at four 30 and ready to go. So uh, that's, that's how it goes. I get up at four 35. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah. We could go running together or something, you know, I go to, I go to orange theory. Yes, you do. I'm addicted. <laughs> yes, you do. Okay. So, uh, throughout your cor the course of your career, I'm interested. What single initiative had the most or the biggest positive impact? What do you kind of look back in your career and say, here's something that I was involved in that turned out really great? Well, the partnership Gwinnett initiative, obviously, I think was transformational for Gwinnett. And it was a time that it was needed. Because it was, yeah, as a reminder, it did not exist. Mm -hmm. And then you came along and with Jim Moran, got it off the ground. Yeah, 100%. And so I'm super proud of that. But I actually didn't have a hand, I had a little hand in the formation of the of the plan and the strategy. But in regards to something that I kind of took from with a group of people from if it, from idea strategy to to what it is today would be the Swanee Green Space, an open space plan, which led to the town center. And I, I mean, that that was a and that was a time where I was pretty young. And uh, right. I don't know. People said, how do you how were you able to accomplish those things? I don't think. We knew any better. Uh, I don't think that we knew we weren't supposed to be developers right. uh, as elected officials. And so th that was really, I'm, I'm pretty proud. I still go to Swanee Town Center. My daughter and I, two weeks ago, went to get some Italian ice nice. uh, at Rita's. And I, we just sat there and ate it. And I just sat there and felt pretty proud. Yeah, that's uh, a great so place. I was sitting there with my, I'm pretty proud of my daughter. I was uh -huh. sitting there looking at Swanee Town Center. I was pretty proud of that. That is awesome. It is a terrific place to visit. And as you know, right off uh, I-85, so easy for folks to jump off the interstate and uh, come explore Swanee a little bit, but uh, good Do job. Do you want me to explain where Swanee is? Planet Earth. Planet Earth. North America. Okay, yeah. yeah. I forgot about Milky Way. Yeah, I've got a <laughs> yeah. big picture. That's yeah, right. Big picture. Somebody in 20 years will be listening on another planet. Okay, so folks that want to learn more about the Gwinnett Chamber, Partnership Gwinnett, or if they want to know more about Nick Pacino, how do they get in touch? Well, we have access to the internet at the Gwinnett Chamber oh, awesome! through the GwinnettChamber.org. Okay. And you could look us up there. We all have email addresses and cell phone numbers and direct lines. But if you're interested in becoming a member, we have an incredible membership services team and membership development team, and they're right on the website. You can email, call, and all, all the different telecommunication forms. If you're interested in Partnership Gwinnett, which is the community economic development strategy, that's at PartnershipGwinnett.com. And the staff page is on there and anybody that you have a specific interest into connecting there, that's led by uh, Andrew Carnes. Awesome. Another uh, new and rising leader. Uh, yeah, not so new. I mean, he's he's at four years at, uh, here in Gwinnett. And yeah, new well. in his role. He is new in his role. Yeah, it was interesting. He got promoted 
started on the same day I did. How about that? Yeah. How about I know who had a hand in that? <laughs> He's a great guy. Terrific. Well, with that, I think it's almost time to wrap us up. It's been a fun and, and a good discussion, Nick. I appreciate you, uh, Nick, for myself. And on behalf of our listeners, thank you for joining us today. My pleasure. To our listeners, thank you for tuning in to the Rocket IT Podcast. If you had half the fun that Nick and I just had, we consider that a big win. I'm glad you're able to come along for the ride. Lastly, a quick plug for Rocket IT. We work with businesses, nonprofit organizations, and municipalities in the areas of IT support, information security, and strategy. To learn more about how Rocket IT can help transform IT to a smooth running accelerator for your organization, please visit rocketit.com. Should you have any questions about today's discussion, please email us at podcast at rocketit.com or catch us on any of our social media channels. Thank you.